Cruz. Listen, before we dig into today's topic, make sure to check out episode eight that focused on love, relationships, and trauma. That's right, we know about that relationship drama, but what about that relationship trauma? If you feel like you've wrestled with particular fears or a lack of distrust in your intimate relationships because of a previous bad relationship, then you're not gonna wanna miss out on episode eight, Scared to Fall in Love Again. Today though, I wanna talk about movies. We are about, I think it's about one week out from the drop, the release of the Logan movie. And, you know, I was kind of always a superhero fan, but not to the extent that my husband was. And so um, when I met my husband, he really, he turned me into a huge um, uh, superhero fan, comics fan, mostly DC. Um, We really dig the Marvel stuff, Um, but he's always been a huge fan of X-Men. And so when we first saw the Logan trailer, which would be the last installment of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. We looked at each other with tears in our eyes and said, we are seeing that one in the theater. Because you know when you're sitting down, you're watching the movies, you're, you're judging, you're evaluating, you're assessing which one is worthy to go see in the theater in the future, you know? And so there are just ones that you're like, you know what? that made the cut. We are seeing that one in the theater and that's how we felt about Logan. So we were totally anticipating this movie. Um, one of the trailers with Logan had the, one of Johnny Cash's old songs in, and I'm a fan of Johnny Cash. And so it just, it just seemed like something I was really going to love. And so without spoiling the movie too much, the movie was centered around uh, this unexpected arrival of Laura Kinney, who's also known as X-23. Um, and she is Uh, the surprise biological daughter of Logan. And when I mean biological, I mean truly biological. She was genetically manufactured using Logan's DNA. And so once Lauren and Logan meet, it becomes clear that neither feel the need for each other. And at the same time, as viewers, we know that they absolutely need each other. So they begin this beautiful sort of violent dance of rejecting vulnerability and attachment. And if any of you have ever seen Sia's Elastic Heart video, you'll know exactly what I mean. All of their behavior is most likely this attempt to prevent any relational bonding that could ultimately lead to pain, mostly because both Logan and Laura have experienced pain, abuse, and violence literally their whole lives. So this picture of a dysfunctional, fragmented father-daughter relationship, seriously, guys, triggered moments and memories for me and from my past that I would have rather not stirred up or relived. And... Seriously, for about, I'm not even kidding, three days, I felt like I was down for the count. I was not myself. I felt severely depressed, and I I really felt forced to rehash old memories. So this, of course, got me thinking, how many others out there are unknowingly walking into a movie theater, or worse, relaxing in the comfort of their own home and inviting re-traumatization PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, or at the least emotional stress into your life by the very thing you are looking to for relaxation, movies. So I want to talk about trauma for a bit. Trauma defined by the American Psychological Association is an emotional response 
to either a terrible event, like an accident, a car crash, you know, a rape, or a natural disaster. That is the basic definition of trauma. And the effects of that trauma usually include shock, denial, uh, longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks of the event, uh, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or uh, nausea. Um, but check this out. The current post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis, PTSD, often doesn't even capture the full severity of psychological harm that occurs with prolonged repeated trauma. And some examples of, of that would be long-term domestic violence or long-term child physical or sexual abuse um, because oftentimes those children feel trapped and so therefore that, that trauma is ongoing for them. It's not, it's not a one-time thing like a car crash. It's something that is ongoing um, and prolonged. And so that would be not just trauma, but that would be complex trauma. Um, or you could just experience um, a lesser degree, maybe something that's not as clinical, and that's just emotional, you know, severe emotional distress. Um, and that can occur with a childhood neglect, an emotionally abusive, draining or manipulative relationship, or even a loss of a loved one. And so, see, I believe that in some way, we all have experienced trauma to some degree. Some of those events may or may not be at the clinical level. So what happens when we watch a movie that closely resembles the past trauma we have experienced? Do you think that we are gonna be unaffected? See, you and I, I think we can agree that movies speak to us like no other medium can. Music can definitely draw out emotion and have us feeling some kind of way for, for a while, especially if it, if it triggers an emotion or it triggers a memory um, from something in the past. But movies seem to speak to us differently. And someone with the gift of curiosity wrote a book just about that. Jeff Zacks, who is the professor of the psychological and brain sciences at Washington University, wrote a book called Flickr, Your Brain on Movies. And in the book, he explains that there are cells, particular cells in our brain called mirror neurons. And these neurons are typically active uh, when we learn new motor skills like boxing, karate, uh, fixing new things. But his research shows that they also fire up these neurons, these mirror neurons also fire up when we watch others doing similar actions. For instance, do you ever remember going to a movie where there was um, a fight scene? I remember leaving those movies having experienced sort of a visceral response, like all of a sudden, I just wanted to go take up a boxing class or I just wanted to go learn to fight because it activated something in my mind or worse. Um, I remember a long time ago leaving a Fast and Furious um, movie and everybody in the parking lot just were like revving their engines and it, it motivated them. It triggered something in their minds. Um, to where they wanted to experience that same thing or there was now this, this new desire or this new motivation to do that same thing. And so mirror neurons also help us to relate to emotions so that when we see a smile in a movie, we are more likely to want to smile ourselves. Hence that 
hence the neuron being termed a mirror neuron because we want to simulate that behavior. We want to reflect that behavior. We want to mirror that same behavior that we're seeing. And so Professor Zach said that this kind of deep physical response is normal since the brain processes most of the stimuli from a movie the way it would process real life. Did you hear that? That means that during a movie, it can be hard for your brain to differentiate reality from cinema while you're watching a movie. So we actually have to tell our brain to stop itself from taking a movie too seriously. You have to shut down the stuff that's going to keep you acting like it's happening in real life. And so Zach says that in an area known as the prefrontal cortex helps with that. It's a region of the brain associated with self-control. And you know where this region is. It's like the forehead area. It's the area where when you need like some serious deliverance, people are putting their the palms of their hands on your forehead. They're praying for that prefrontal cortex. That's what they're doing. And so patients or people with damage to this area are more likely to respond to movies as if they are real. And kids have a similar problem since their prefrontal cortex is still developing. So that's why when kids, uh, when we go to the movies and um, you can hear that kids are like talking back to the movie or they're jumping out of their seats and hiding during scary scenes. All this research shows that movies have such an impact on our psychological state and emotions. And if you couple that with the movie that triggers a past event, you, my friend, will have the perfect storm and find yourself reliving your past trauma. If you and I were going to counseling to work through a particular distressing event, we would process that event, that particular trauma, in a safe place where we can be aware of our emotions and be able to regulate them. But see, in a movie, we are literally being emotionally controlled by the movie. It's taking us for a ride. And if it's the first time we're watching that movie, it has the real possibility to re-traumatize you. And that is not good. So now the question is, what should we do with this information? Not only as responsible human beings, but how should our Christian worldview inform the choices we make when it comes to movies? Now, I'm not going to get into the whole Christian debate about whether we should watch R-rated movies because, frankly, even PG-13 movies are pushing the line today. But I want you to listen to a couple of verses. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Ephesians 4.22-23 through 23 says, You were taught to put off your former way of life, your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. And Colossians 3.10 says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Now, all of these verses, all of these truths 
have two things in common. Number one, we are called to go from glory to glory. We are called to transform, literally, to change, to be on a process of renewal. For what? To look like what? To look more like Jesus. God's purpose in creation, in redemption, is to have a family of children that are conformed to the image of His Son. Okay? So that's number one. Number two, all these uh, verses have either do not, put off, or put on, which are all verb phrases. And you and I know that verbs are words that demonstrate action. So you know what that means? That means it's our responsibility to care for our process of renewal. So this is what I would advise. Take preventative measures when it comes to your spiritual, mental, and emotional health. Literally, invest in your spiritual, mental, and emotional health. Check this out. An Oakland-based software engineer and assault survivor named Danielle Leong is trying to make Netflix a safer place for people who've experienced severe emotional distress with her new app called Fearless. Listen, I don't know anything about this chick other than um, what she's created as a software engineer. I'm not plugging her in. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm literally just wanting to equip you with resources. So listen to this. She designed Fearless to provide trigger warnings that pop culture doesn't. So this is a completely free app to download. Um, apparently, it is a Google Chrome extension. And so Fearless allows users to flag potentially upsetting content in Netflix streaming shows. How cool is this? So that it improves the experience for all of us. So if the show you're watching is about to take a grisly turn, a small white circle pops up in the corner of your screen. A wordless warning giving you the option to look away. Users can specify what kind of content they want to be warned about. So whether you're likely to be triggered by you know, animal abuse, war violence, uh, the app has got you covered. Danielle created this app because of something that she had experienced. She says that she was watching one of her favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy, and there was a scene where one of the main characters was getting gang raped. Um, and she said that she had a PTSD, she has PTSD, she suffers from PTSD from a sexual assault, and the scene triggered her very badly. She said, quote, I ended up losing about three days of my life when I came out of the fog. I remember thinking if I had known that was coming, I wouldn't have watched it. But there just weren't trigger warnings for TV shows like that. So how cool is that? You know, um, I love when people see a need and they fill a need. Here is um, this young 28-year-old woman who experienced something horrible in her life. Um, and she's looking to help people from experiencing the same thing that she did. So props to her. Um, another resource that you should consider is IMDB. Um, my husband and I actually use this app pretty often. They have a parental guide. And you know what, guys? Sometimes we just have to parent ourselves. And what the parental guide does is it gives you the exact number. I mean, this thing is awesome. It will give you the exact number of swear words and amount of um, nudity. And you know what? We need that because we will be able to go into a movie prepared 
Knowing what to expect, you will know exactly why a movie is rated R or why it's rated PG-13. And so I hope that all this information will be helpful the next time you snuggle up in front of the TV or head out to the movies with friends. Be proactive about your mind state and your emotions will thank you. No one has time to stay in a perpetual state of trauma when we're too busy being revolutionaries. Well, that's all for now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Got a question? Hop on liverevolutionary.org and click Ask Vanessa. And remember to think, feel, and live revolutionary. revolutionary.